Well, I want to say too, it wasn't mentioned this morning. It was overlooked. And it could actually cause offense if it's overlooked. And I wouldn't want the newest member of our congregation to be offended if he's not recognized. I'd like for everyone to know such great joy today to see Leo Searles with us this morning in worship. Amen. I thought I saw a little hand go up there when daddy was up leading. Praise the Lord. Oh my goodness, I know. Praise the Lord. We just continue to bless, pray for blessing upon him as he continues to grow. He's a pretty little boy. He's a good looking boy. Looks like his mama. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I'll let that be determined among that family. It's so good to have him with us today, literally with us today. Praise the Lord. Before I get started, um, Pastor Micah got a little bit beside himself. He didn't know that I was going to do this this morning. But I'd like for Cindy Bowen to come. She's, a, he's our, she's our minister over our ministry of prayer here at the church and prayer team. Come on up here, Cindy. Yesterday, they were at the flea market and had an outreach. They set up a prayer tent. And I just, she was excited when I connected with her about it yesterday. I said, well, listen, why don't you just share with the congregation? Just let God speak to you and just share some highlights. Praise the Lord, everybody. You know, um, on Friday, I had a really bad day at work. I'm just, just putting it out there. So Saturday morning when I got up and it was time to go put up the prayer tent, um, part of me was sitting there thinking, why did I do this? <laughs> what was I thinking? And, and I got there and I put up the prayer tent and, and along came uh, Miss Mary to join me and she said, you know, I'm, I, I felt like I wasn't worthy to come today. I've been grouchy. And I said, sister, I've been grouchy. <laughs> and, and, and we sat there and, and we, we talked about, hey, it wasn't about us. It was about the Lord. And there we were and we were just going to be available and yesterday, as we sat at the flea market, we saw so many people stop. So many people walk by our tent, and they would stop in front of us and say, well, let me tell you how good the Lord has been in my life. We had a little gentleman who looked hard in their faces, and they'd stop and they'd say, well, let me tell you about when I prayed 20 years ago and the Lord changed my life. We had people stop, and they were hungry for connection with a believer they just wanted the opportunity to say how good God had been in their lives and and I was humbled that the Lord was drawing them to us and and as we sat there and Linda came and Vicky came and, and we were there uh, we had people come by the tent with very serious prayer concerns uh, cancer and, and back surgeries and, and very serious things and we prayed with them but then they, they started coming and there was a minister who has a, a ministry to the University of Cincinnati uh, who stopped and a young man and he, he, he's telling us what he's doing for the Lord so we got an opportunity to pray into that ministry and uh, it wasn't long till a little a young gentleman came and he says, uh, I was an addict, but I'm sober and I want to stay that way. Will you pray with me? He said, I'm never going to turn down a prayer. I saw your sign and I said, I want to pray. I want somebody to pray for me. We had someone who was driving by the road and they saw 
prayer tent because I always try to get that back toward the road, that back lane there. And they said, I saw it said prayer tent. And I said, oh, I've got to go there. I've got to stop. I've got to go meet these people who were praying. And uh, the one that Micah liked, the, 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 the touched my heart, was uh, this little 11, 12-year-old little, little fella named Daniel stopped at our table. And I looked, and his mom and dad are standing several tables away watching. And he runs back to the tent, and he says, how much for a prayer? And I said, oh, buddy, we're not charging. We're just praying. He said, I need you to pray for me. I've sinned. I've sinned. And we sat there and we prayed with the little fellow. And we prayed that salvation prayer and that forgiveness prayer with this young man. And I was in awe that God was drawing people. And you know what? I was there in weakness yesterday. We were all there in our weakness. And it didn't take the strength of our devotion. And it didn't take the strength of our of what we were doing. All it took was a God that was big enough to draw. A God that was big enough to do the work. The strength of my prayers are not the eloquence of my words and it's not how fiery I am when I get preaching and praying. That's not the strength of my prayers. The strength of my prayers is the God who's listening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good word. Praise God. Give the Lord a clap offering of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My, my, my. Prayer is one of the most evangelistic tools around. You may not know how you approach someone. You just go around and ask folks, hey, do you have any prayer requests? You got something to pray about? And they'll start opening up to you and talk to you, and it's an open door of witness. I challenge you to do that sometime. You're at Walmart. You see someone, the Lord's touching you and drawing you. You say, hey, I'm a Christian. Do you have any needs that you'd like that for me to pray about? And you'd be surprised how people will respond. Oh, sometimes they'll get mad at you. Well, I don't want any of that religious stuff. But many times, people, you'll see the Holy Spirit begin to chip away within them. And you could literally change their life for that day. God can use you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We want to continue on with raising legends. Will you pray with me right now? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, let your word come alive. Help me, Father, to be able to adequately and clearly share a word that we can leave this place with. We can apply it with ourselves and use it. Lord, we just want to leave this place with faith and anointing and power by your spirit. And we want to learn. We're listening, God. We want to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Raising legends. Now, legends, I mean, that's kind of an interesting slogan. And, and, and it's an, a phrase or a title that's used in our secular world. You go and do a search on legends, and then they'll start giving you names of basketball stars and uh, golfing stars and movie stars and and all these so-called celebrities, these legends, many times will, in America, will equate legend, a living legend, as someone who is successful in life. Now, it's okay. You can be successful. You go ahead and be successful, but make sure it runs along the lines of what God's Word wants you to do. Because the Lord has called us to raise legends, to raise people, to connect with people. 
The problem with success is many times it all means a spotlight on us. And it all becomes uh, something about us. About us. I, I shared a meme to my family. It's a, a, a cartoon picture, a cartoon of an owl in a tree. And, and it's a narcissistic owl. And instead of the owl saying who, the owl saying me, me, me. But God wants us to look at the who. Who? Who is it that I can touch? Who is it I can reach out to? Who? Who, God? Who? You know, it's, it's the, ex, the extension that matters. It's not what's coming into us, but what we're, what's flowing out of us. I always believe and I always think about in the Bible about the geography and the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is salty and sea. It's a Dead Sea and mentioned in Scripture because it has water coming into it, but it doesn't have any outward flow. So set there for centuries, for no doubt thousands and thousands of years getting salty. And it's a dead sea, a sea of salt. You know, it kind of makes me think about us. If we're self-exhumed about ourselves and crying about ourselves, maybe the salt in the tears is creating a dead sea syndrome within us where we're just crying about ourselves rather than looking out into humanity and seeing the need around us. Now, the world is, is a good place. I mean, thank God for the beauty of the, the world, you know. I mean, uh, God created all things. God created our society and our people and, the, and our communities and such, and they do good things. But if God's people were to wake up and realize the true potential that is within them through God, and how we can make a difference. I'm not talking about something that's uh, material-wise, which we could make a difference material-wise. We could give and, and contribute toward people's needs, but literally reaching down into their spiritual life and bringing an opportunity of eternal life to them. This is what God intends us to do. He intends us to do something about this thing that he's given to us. He wants us to do something. He says, here, and then he says, here, and enjoy. He says, here, now use it. Do something with it. No matter what blessing we receive in our life, we're to be extensions of God's blessing and giving out to other people. Praise the Lord. But to think about raising a legend, we've got to think about legends. What's a, what's a legend? And so for me to get a clear picture, I've got to look up in the dictionary. And the dictionary helps me. How many here still believe in the dictionary? Yeah, it, it is helpful. It's very helpful. You know, uh, uh, there's the popular opinion, then there's the definition of the, of the word that's true, you know, that's real. So a legend in the Webster Dictionary is a story coming down from the past. A person or thing that inspires. That's a legend. A legend is also a person who is the center of such stories. They're the key player and character within the situation that's so amazing and great. This person is highlighted in what has happened because this person was instrumental in having making something happen then there's a word legacy it comes from the same root of of legend and legacy is anything handed down from the past a gift by will especially of money or even personal property but something transmitted by or received from a 
predecessor, predecessor, let me say it, predecessor, or from the past. So it's somebody from the past, someone that knows us, that has handed down something to us. Now, you know, it's not going to be very hard to look at that in the spiritual sense. There's a God who has handed down to us a legacy. And there is a legend. Jesus Christ, the unmatchable greatest living legend forever. He came to earth, died on an old rugged cross to raise us up as legends. Ephesians 2, 5, and 6 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want you to know this verse is not talking about when we finally make it to the sweet by and by. It's right now we are enjoying heavenly places through Christ Jesus. Our God is in the lifting up. He's in the raising business and not in the tearing down business like the world is. With all of us having the perfect legend Jesus Christ as our example, mentor, and the truth of the scriptures and the empowerment of the spirit, we can do this, raising legends. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We've been equipped. The, The moment you and I became born again believers, we become legends because the greatest legend of all has made us legends. And because of that, he's commissioned us and raised us up. Oh, come on. There's got to be some people who know how it is when you lived in the low and way down condition, in the low down condition. Do we have any former low down condition people in this room that used to be in the low down condition? But suddenly when you heard of Jesus, uh, the legend maker, he got a hold of you and he lifted you and I up and allowed us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that we who become legends can go about and make legends and raise up legends around us. Oh, I don't think we understand the full potential we have in God. I don't think we really see who we are in the Lord and what we have received. My goodness, we, we are like a room full of billionaires that don't even know that you got the money in the bank. We are, we are more than conquerors. Uh, we have been thoroughly furnished. We have been fully equipped. We've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And we've been given a word that is uh, truly adequate to handle every situation. So I don't know. I think sometimes we live beneath ourselves in Christ. You're a legend. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a legend. Now, there might be some inside jokes with that between husband and wife, but, but you say, I'm a legend. I'm a legend. The Lord has raised me up. He's not pushed me down. He has lifted me up. 
and the world's attack on the church and on Christianity saying we're out to judge everybody. No, we're not out to judge anyone. We want to raise people up. We want to help raise them up to a place where they know that there's freedom, a place where they know that they are valued, a place where they know that they have a purpose in life, a place where they know that life doesn't end when we, when we finally give our last breath here on this planet, but that we know we live on and on and on and on. I tell you what, the world needs to be raised up with this truth, and God wants to raise us up. He wants to raise the legends. I'm bugged with the darkness. I'm bothered with the news. I'm aggravated by some decisions. I don't like who supposedly has the driver's wheel in our country. I'm unhappy with certain things that are happening. But I want you to know this is a season that God has created. This is a season to raise legends up. This is a season where people are hungering for the love and the unity and the bond that the believers have in Jesus Christ and they're longing for an answer. They're tired of groping in the darkness. They want to see someone rise up. Let the church of Jesus Christ rise up. Let the legends rise up and pull others up with you. Hallelujah. My goodness. Hallelujah. We're thoroughly furnished, equipped for every good work. We are to share our legacy and raise up legends. We always think raising up is about our kids. It is. And grandkids. It is. It's anyone you come in contact with, you have influence with. Raise them up. Raise them up as a legend. You be a legend and inspire them that they want to be like you. I want to follow after you. Dads, be a legend. Moms, be a legend. Grandma, grandpa, be a legend. Be a legend. Making an impact in the present to leave an impression for the future. Be a legend. Be a legend. And through Jesus Christ, you can do all things. You can be a better person through Christ. You can be a better person through the Word of God. Better, filled with God's love and power and direction of God. This is not a time that the church becomes secular. This is a time for the church to truly become spiritual. In a world that's seeking for some answers, let's give them some answers. Let's give them Jesus. Let's give them what they need. They need the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sorry I'm yelling, but just put up with it. I'm excited. Hey, if I don't yell, I've learned this a long time ago. I've been a pretty big guy all my life. I don't yell. I just start getting bigger and I just explode. So you want me to release a little bit, okay? Let out a little bit of that, you know. You don't want me to blow. Yep. You know what I mean? I, I hope folks understand what I'm talking about. Through Christ... You and I have become legends, and then we need to go raise legends. When you raise legends, it confirms that you're a legend because you can't reproduce something that you're not. So you're going to reproduce. You're going to bring something out of people, whether it be good or bad. 
If people get mad when they get around you all the time and fighting breaks out, then maybe you need to think about yourself. That you're raising boxers instead of legends. You're raising up people who are going to constantly be obstinate and rebel. You can't, you, you can't reproduce something that you're not. Raising legends has to be done intentionally. It's never by accident. And those who think they're just going to float along in life and not influence anybody, you will influence people no matter what. Even the introverted person that lives in this world and lives a life, the scientists and, and psychologists say that you will touch and influence over 10,000 people in your lifetime. So I'm telling you, don't you think we need to direct, intentionally begin to raise up legends to find out about Jesus, the truth of his word, the fullness of his gospel, the fullness of his promise. This is what the world needs, and they're hungering for it. Raise legends, and it has to be intentionally. Because in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul writes, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, a living intentional sacrifice, intentionally doing things intentionally to sacrifice your life for Jesus Christ, that you intentionally love people. You can tell people love on Facebook until your finger gets red and tired. You can post it, post it, post it, but until you live it and say it and show it, it means nothing. Words are empty. It's just... Tap, 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 and when it's done, post. It's more than that. Love is more than that. Our witness is more than that. Go ahead and do that. Share the gospel on Facebook, but don't stop there. Don't stop there. Connect with people. Touch people. Minister to people. Go to your neighbor. Go to people around you. Go to your family. Ask and, and apologize if you've hurt their feelings. Reach out to them and let God use you in a great way. Because you know what? They're, just, they're waiting for somebody just to tell them. Just to tell them. Just to share. They're waiting for it. Most people don't attend church. The reason why, number one reason they don't come is nobody invites them. Nobody talks to them. So I say, invite them to church. That's one method. But tell them about Jesus Christ. Let the love of God flow out of you. Let, let them see Jesus. As Apostle Paul said, he says, I'm a gazing stock. You know what a gazing stock was? The gazing stock was that post or gazing post where you tied to before you were whipped. Before you brought before the world, the whole world would see you standing there. People in the community would walk by and see the person at the gazing stock or the gazing post. Why? Paul's saying, it says, make yourself what you have in Christ and who you are. Expose it to the world and show them the one who's changed your life. The one who has redeemed you. The one who's given you hope and joy and peace. The one who has healed you. The one who's ministered and filled your life. I tell you what, all that good stuff, you just can't help but talk about it. I think we just forget about it sometimes and we push it out of minds and then we think about everything else. But I challenge you. I challenge you to rehearse the things God has meant to you and it does mean to you in your life and then pass it on to somebody else. Glory to God. Now, legend to legend is a concept, a process that's found all through Scripture. I mean, you can find it Moses and Joshua. 
You can find Elijah and Elisha and Jonathan and David and Aaron to Eleazar and David to Solomon and Jesus to his disciples, Barnabas to Saul and Saul and Paul uh, uh, to Timothy and Paul to Priscilla and Aquila and on and on and on. That's just things on the top of my mind that I'm sharing with you. But there is a legend to legend of passing on, of passing on a mantle, doing something making a difference in someone's life, letting God, letting them see what God can do. And Romans 11, 1 through 5 says, Paul's writing here. Now, I want to talk for a few minutes about Elijah and Elisha just for a moment. But Paul brings him up, brings up Elijah. In Romans 11, 5, 1 through 5, I say then, has God cast away his people? He's talking about Israel. And by the way, we're praying for Israel right now, aren't we? Amen. Governments might forget about them, but our God will not forget about them. And we're going to be praying. Amen. The heavenly hosts to guard them better than what that uh, defense system they have. God will send a heavenly army, the hosts to guard that nation, keep that nation. So Christians, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for Israel. Pray for them. Okay, but here Paul's saying, it said, I say then, has God cast away his people, referring to Israel? Certainly not, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew, or do you know, or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I am alone and left, and they seek my life. Now, let, let, let's just pause there for a moment, and then we'll go to the next verse. He's praying there. He's referring, that's referring to 1 Kings chapter 19 when Jezebel threatens him. And he's just giving up. He's, have you ever been exasperated before? He was exasperated. I mean, but what's so unusual, he just prayed shortly, not too long ago, and the fire of heaven came down and consumed the sacrifice, and the whole nation cried out unto God. But he got a letter from Jezebel that threatened him. It was going to take his life. Boy, there's a message all about that. I, we forget about the fire of God when we get a threatening letter. Somebody says something about us on Facebook. We forget what God has done the day before and how great he's moved. We kind of forget, don't we? So Elijah is a man of like passions like you and I are, as in the book of James. And so he, he just, God, he, he goes and he takes off running. And I'm not going to go over all the details. God preserves him in the wilderness, feeds him and, and such. And he reaches that spot and a place on the mount. And all these things begin to happen all around him. There's fire that came and lightning and, and uh, earthquakes shook and all these things. But Scripture said God wasn't in it. Till finally he's at the mouth of the cave and God speaks that there's a still small voice that fits, uh, speaks to him. And then he says that, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars and I alone am left and they seek my life. But God looked and God spoke to Elijah and when he spoke to him still small voice, he says... Where are you? Where are you at? He questions him. But then he says this to this thing that Elijah says, nobody's worshiping God. And the world wants us to think that. Nobody's worshiping God. Nobody's going to church. 
No, nobody wants to do that. We got all these other hosts of religions and fake religions and false religions out there except uh, what Christianity is through Christ. You know, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man goes to the Father but by me. So he is the way. He's the only way. Jesus Christ is. He's the only, you, you can have all kind of Christian denominations, but you got to have Jesus. I mean, he's got to be the legend. You know what a legend is. It's the center of the story. It's Jesus. He's the legend. And so, therefore, God says, but what are you doing here? He says, says, I still have 7,000 who haven't bowed a knee to Baal. I still have people. Let's go to the next verse. But what does the divine response say to him? Paul's writing saying to Elijah, I have reserved myself seven for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. 7,000 men that has not bowed his knee to Baal. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. You are a remnant. You are set aside you are people God has set aside and God's going to take care of you. You are living legends that are supposed to go out and, and, and raise legends up. God says you're a part of that remnant. God has a remnant. He will always have a remnant. No matter if, if Christianity is cursed by, by the public display and, and it's so our, our society becomes anti-Christ in the core, God is still going to have his remnant. He's still going to have his worshipers and there's going to be legends that are going to rise up with the truth. Hallelujah. 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 God will always have a people, a remnant, the legends who will not give in to worldly pressure but will keep their eye on the prize and will find others to join them and to become legends also. Don't lose heart as Elijah did once, but hear the voice of God. Get up and go and do God's work. Anoint and find the Elishas and the other legends that are around you. That's exactly what happened with Elijah. God said, get up. Go and anoint these kings. Go and anoint Elisha. He's waiting. He's going to be your protege. He's going to be a legend behind you. Go and do this work. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 1 through 14. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah. This is at the close of his prophetic ministry on earth. In the about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elijah from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out, of, out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from uh, over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, said to Elisha, Elijah, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. 
Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elijah and said to him, do you, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? <laughs> Thank you, prophets. Uh, and so he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. Now, we got a point here from place to place. Hold on here. On to the Jordan. But he said, Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. While the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elijah, Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. This is, this is, oh, 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 let a double portion be. This is what the generation millennials are saying and the generation Z is really, that's, that's what I believe God's going to have, they're going to say it. I want double what you got. I want more and what you This is why you can't rule out the future by what's happening in the present with God. God sets the stage. God's working things out. You may not understand what you're going through right now, but God's setting the stage. Don't give up on God. Stick with God. Stick with his word. Stick with the prophet. Don't give up because God's about ready to do something that is miraculous in your life. You think your children are, are almost at the point of being incorrigible and you can't raise them and things are so bad. They're playing with things of the world and messed up. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus Christ, believe, believe and believe and know that what you have God will give double to your son and your daughter and those who follow after you hallelujah all it takes is a hungry heart and God knows how to create that too he knows how to make a generation hungry he knows how to make why how how do people get hungry a generation gets hungry well there's a famine that hits first maybe we're having a famine of the lack of the word of God in this season. But God is making people hungry for the truth. And he's going to raise up a generation that will have a double portion of what Elijah has. Won't you just claim, oh, I don't want to get super spiritual. Well, then I'm telling you, honey, you're in trouble. You better get fanatical. The problem is, when, you know, the truth people say, well, you, you get too much God, you're going to become a fanatic. No, the fanatics are the ones who don't have enough of God. And they blend it in with the world. But if you get closer to God, you're going to be more like Jesus. And people are going to want to know what you have to say. People are going to want to know how you got to where you got to. People will be looking for an answer, and you're going to have an answer. They're going to be reaching out with their hands empty and you're going to fill it in the name of Jesus Christ. Their life is going to be filled. I declare to you, do not... Do not question how much influence you have. 
Do not speak the words of failure, but speak my words and speak who I am and know that I'm able to turn the lives around of those who are around you. In your failures, I can redeem. In your shortcomings, I can make strong. I can redeem what seems to be hopeless and make things so possible in me. But believe and know in me and know that the very spirit, my spirit that lives within you is raising you up into a place where you will raise up others. Know your influence because you are mine and I am yours and I will work through you. Do not give up. Do not lose heart. But believe and know that I am God that I am able to do all things. Let your faith rise up. Remove those things that are hindering your faith and have faith in me. Hallelujah. Somebody praise the Lord. Somebody glorify God. <laughs> I got to tell you, Whenever I struggle over a sermon, somehow it ends up being my best because of God. Because I try to work out something. I'm telling you, I worked and worked and think and think and think. What am I going to say? God, how am I going to say it? I got all these things and directions. How am I going to hone in on this? And God just, God just shows me it's him. It's him. It's him. And if I can trust in him for me to get up here and try and say something to you, then you can trust in God and know that your God's going to speak through you. He will speak through you. My goodness. Go and raise your hand to heaven right now and say, Lord, speak through me. Speak through me, Lord. Speak through me. I'm tired of saying, speaking, repeating garbage. I want, I want you to speak through me. Speak through me, Lord. Let me speak life. Let me speak life. Speak through me, Lord. Let me raise up legends, Lord. You raised me up, Lord. Let me raise up legends. Lord, through Jesus Christ, you've equipped me. You have furnished me with everything's necessary. Lord, let me raise up legends. I'm not going to give up, Lord. I'm not going to give up, Lord. I'm not going to quit now. Uh, even though I don't see the turnaround yet, but the turnaround's going to happen. Though I don't see the results yet, the result's going to happen because I have faith in you. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I believe, Lord, I believe that those around me are legends and that you're going to raise them up as surely as you have raised me up you're going to raise up my kids you're going to raise up my loved ones you're going to raise up my neighbor you're going to raise up my my brother and my sister you're going to raise up my neighbor you're going to raise up my co-worker because lord i allow myself to be the instigator the instigator of the raising up of legends let me have that influence anoint me anoint my influence anoint my influence anoint my influence Anoint my influence. Anoint my influence. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know about you, but I just felt something kind of cracking right now. I, I just felt like a wall starting to come down. I feel like heaven is opening up. The heavens are maybe seem to be as brass, but now they're opening up because I sense it and feel it and know it in my spirit. God's doing this. Mm, somebody praise him somebody glorify him why don't you just stand up and praise him come on just stand up and glorify the Lord and praise his holy name hallelujah hallelujah
Hallelujah, Manta Mario. Oh, raise us up, Lord. We are, we want to be legends. We want to leave. Uh, Lord, we want to impact this present that leaves an impression on the future, oh God. Oh Lord, not only to our children, but our children's children. Not only to uh, to 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 the people in my household, uh, but the people that are around me outside of my household. Oh Lord, oh God, help me, help me, Lord, to raise up, to raise up legends. Hallelujah! What do you think Jesus did to begin with? He's told his disciples, tearing the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, And you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. You will be a witness unto me. You're raising legends. And some in the next oncoming weeks, I'm looking so forward to some folks sharing that's going to share in the message going to share a word how they have found in their life how God had raised them how God had helped them through certain circumstances situations and experiences how God has raised them up and how God can raise all of us up and we become legends raising up others as legends hallelujah worship team won't you come on up if you would